0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Lifeline. OK, let's get going on our self-published uh, books we do today and tomorrow. These are incredible achievements by either individuals or groups of individuals. And um, they do deserve, they do deserve um, coverage. And we will do our utmost to get through as many, which will be 5% at most, I say, over today and tomorrow of everything we've got in. It, it's, um, I don't know why there isn't a specific website um, for self-published books where people can uh, support them, but um, this is what we're going to do. And every single book uh, spread around me here like a tapestry, like a, a beautiful embroidered quilt, all the different colours and shapes and sizes. Every single one of these books, I guarantee, have gone through them, would sit safely and uh, elegantly and with great dignity on a shelf in any bookshop around the country. But shelves are limited in size and bookshops have to make a few bob and booksellers do and publishers do. Let's go to uh, Terry Carney and Margaret Morphy with Terry Carney first. Stories of the Revolution, a big A4 colour book. Tell us about it, uh, Terry. Small stories, big history. Off you go. Oh, Joe, I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, so our name is on the cover, but we are not the authors of this book. Mm-hmm. There are 823 children who submitted small stories about the revolutionary period, 1916 to 1923, modelled on the School Folklore Commission of 1937. So they went home and spoke to their parents, their grandparents, and recorded small little stories um, relating to our revolutionary past that would never have been recorded before. So these are intimate family stories from West Cork, the hotbed of revolution. Woo! <laughs> take a take a word for it. It's a oh, it's it's a beautiful book, and I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking of say a a, pub, a book say from UCC, the Atlas of the Irish Revolution, the Atlas of the Irish Famine. They are they are beautifully beautifully produced volumes, but this is in the same style because it's full of graphics, full of illustrations, full of side stories and sidebars. You can open or close any single page and you get a self-contained story. So was it difficult to get the children to do it? They absolutely loved doing it, Joe. Every single one of them. And when we launched the book um, a few weeks ago, we held a launch in Dunmanway, the centre of West Cork, and we had more grannies and granddads. These families, there are thousands of people around West Cork that are delighted that their stories are recorded. And we didn't put a filter into them. As you see, we cut out little pieces of the stories themselves. So it's the children's own stories. And this is my fourth self-published book. And I was very lucky to work with a designer called Alan Tobin, who helped me with it. Um, But we, we didn't interfere with how the children told the stories. And I think the children's own take on the stories and how they told them are absolutely fantastic. And the, dra- really, really the drawings are all their own. Tell us a story about, on page 50, William Hill. Oh, yeah, that's a fascinating yeah. one. So this, uh, Rachel Gaffney's great-great-grandfather um, was a doctor during during the revolutionary period. And as an aside, this poor man, he lost his fiance to a stray back-and-tan bullet. And his mm-hmm. brother was carried around on the front of a lorry as a hostage for the black and tans. My so this man had no reason to, to like the British forces. But he treated a young um, British soldier who came into him in the South Infirmary Hospital in Cork in 1920. And this man was called William Hill. 
And he said to this young lad was injured and he got him better. And then he said to him, what should I do now? And PK was the doctor's name. He said, go off down to the Inishvallen, go home to England where you belong and leave all of this. And the young fella did just that. And years later, this man, uh, PK, the doctor, was uh, with, uh, loved horse racing. And he was over in the UK at a horse meeting. Okay. And he was walking along and this bookmaker stepped down and walked over to him and said, here's the man who saved my life. And who was it? Only William Hill, the famous ah. William Hill that the book says the bookmakers that ended up being a bookmaker. Still so going, still it wouldn't going. have sold for two point three billion euro this year only for our wonderful hero in Cork City. Well, there he is in Rachel Gaffney's handwriting. William Hill was a member of the Black and Tans around Cork in the nineteen twenties. He was injured while carrying out some of the Black and Tan operation. He was brought to the South Infirmary, as you told us, seen by a young doctor at the time. He made a full recovery. When he was co- re- recovered, he asked PK, What will I do now? PK asked so go down to the English Fallon and don't ever come back here again. Get out of the country. <laughs> Many years later, they met at a race meeting and the, the, the man he saved was William Hill. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. uh, that's just one of the many sort of semi-famous people that, no. Okay, where can, people, intimate... where can people get the book? Um, we have it, we're selling it through the Irish Bookshop, free postage to anywhere online. Kenny's are also selling it and it low rates internationally and in all the good bookshops of West Cork. And this is, this is a book for, ch- this is a book for children by children, but okay. it's also a book for adults by children. Sure is, and as sure you is. well know, Joe, children are not represented in history or well, forgotten about in history. So history. this is a chance for children to make history. Okay, well, well done, uh, Terry. Terry, what do you do in real life? Um, I work at Skibbereen Heritage Centre. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so there's, there's a good background to it. And we have a great old team. Margaret, my, my co-worker, um, this was a winter project for the two of us. I've, unfortunately, my back is cropped, Joe, so I've not okay. been able to do much, only lie down. And is, this, isn't the, Skib- this, the Skibbereen Heritage Centre where the great writer, John le Carre, discovered that he was the Irish? very man and the most beautiful man you could ever And who did who did he bump into when he went into Skibbereen Heritage? It was Margaret, my colleague, my co-author. Yeah, and oh, he was just a beautiful, beautiful man. We all fell in love with him and it was, he kept in touch with us afterwards and everything. Oh, it meant the world and a beautiful man. It was lovely to welcome that man home. Okay, what a connection with the the great writer. Uh, The great writers of Skibbereen, the children, um, small (laughs) stories, big history, really well put together and the connection with John LeCarrie. Thanks indeed, Terry Carney. And uh, Terry, you, we, we will we will tweet everything as we go along and uh, we'll try and get as many in as possible. OK, where is Miriam Owens? Miriam, it's called Johnny's Cottage. Food, fun and family. Who is, who is Johnny? Uh, hi, Joe. Merry Christmas to you and to all the staff. Johnny, Uncle Johnny, is our uncle. OK. He was um, four foot nine about. Okay. Not far off, I'm four foot eleven. And he lived in a little cottage. He never married. He was a bachelor, but a fantastic gardener and um, very witty. And he had this cottage, it was just two rooms at the time and a half door. And my sister, Brida, uh, bought the cottage, her husband, a few years back, a few years ago, and done it up. So it was called Johnny's Cottage after Uncle Johnny. That's where the cottage came from. And what's it in the in book? The family. Explain to listeners what's in the book. Well, it's food, family and fun. So we started off doing a bit of food, myself and my sister, Brida, okay. all by accident one night, three, three years ago. And uh, it started off with an apple tart. Not okay. a clue what we were doing. Brilliant. And I went live and we were on it for about four hours. 
and somebody, we had three people watching us, four, then went up to five, and then they kind of got a love of it. And my breed is the eldest, so it's Breda's house, my it's Donnie's cottage. And then our other sister, Anya, came in, and now there's three of us, three of us in the cottage. Every Monday night, we go live, and, um, we, and then we decided that we'd write a book. I people did. were asking, would we do an old traditional recipe book? And we put food, fun and family, because that's what we are, three sisters, and just doing what we love. And, and you see, what I what I love them. about all the recipes in it is they're all down-to-earth recipes. There's none of this stuff you see every weekend in the papers, a one-pot winter warmer. Uh, for, and then you, you discover half the ingredients you only get in one shop in off uh, Grafton Street in Dublin um, and, and pay through the nose. But it's lovely. I love it. Lamb shank. And then you have all... And they're down sea bass and chips. They're straightforward. Yeah. Now, that would never feature in one of the celebrity chefs, but they'd call it... No, our uh, they call it Atlantic. Atlantic season salted sea bass in a uh, in a conundrum of uh, diced potatoes, uh, triple fried in uh, sunflower and rapeseed oil from the Faroe Islands or something like that. But you're yeah, just down. What I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it. Miriam's green rooster cocktail. One large, one large, one large egg cup of vodka, one large egg cup of Malibu, a half of egg cup of green grenadine, a half of fresh pear, a fistful, a fistful of blackberries and strawberries and lots of ice. The method, have you a pen and paper handy at home? The method is very simply, you throw all the ingredients into a bowl, whip them around, drink it and sink it. I love it. It's called Johnny's Cottage. Again, a lovely production. Where can people get it? Um, it can be bought in O'Mahony's Bookshop in Tralee and Limerick, Kenny's Bookshop in Galway, and it's Eason's in Kilkenny. But we also have a website, Joe. It's called www.johnnyscottagecurry.ie and people that can post, we post it ourselves into the Republic and can okay. to outside Ireland for us. Um, okay. so, um, John, Johnny's that'll, that'll get people. Okay. And we put all Johnny. we put all the stuff up on our website. Let me grab and let me start doing lucky dips because a lot of the a lot of the books we will never get to, unfortunately, because of time. DT Morphy, a haunting story of exile, refuge, tragedy, and regeneration. Where the cricket sings, ah, where the crawdog sings. Lucan stands on the lift, uh, the cliff tops outside Saint Jean de Luz in France, looking across to Espana, the land he is forbidden to return to under penalty of death knows that he will. Wait for this. In northern Spain, 1936, fascist forces are imposing their deadly ideology uh, think like us or die. Dissenters are executed. Now it's a novel. You can get it at DT... D.T. Murphy, author, one word. And it's inspired by actual characters and events set around the Spanish Civil War. And remember, one of the big, big books of last year was a book. It, was, it wasn't fiction, it was fact, but, but written, written by the late, great Liam Cahill about the Spanish Civil War and people couldn't get enough of it. So there's another one. D.T. Morphy, A Haunted Where the Cricket Sings. You'll remember that. D.T. Morphy, go on to the website. Where, who's next on the screen? Kevin L. Smith. Kevin, good afternoon. How you doing, Joe? Thanks what's, for having us on. What's your book called? It's uh, called Daily Cliff. It's like a photo um, oh, yeah. journal of a year in the cliff of Moher, yeah. You're a filmmaker living in this Scanner County, Clare. 
you that's photo- right, you, yeah. you photographed the Cliffs of Moher for one year. You don't mean he went out every single day, did you, Kevin? Yeah, pretty much 300 plus days, yeah. yeah. Oh, magic. Um, and and did you generally stand in the same spot? Exactly, yeah. So, like, well, the, kind of reason it, the reason it came about is because I, I can see a bit of the cliffs from my house and I'd be washing up in the evenings and I'd be thinking, oh, that's a beautiful sunset. I should be down there. I should be photographing. So then the following year, I just said, from January, I'll just start and take a picture from the same location every day uh, for a year to see like how the colours change, how the clouds change, and how the sunset change. Like, you published this yourself, obviously, but like it's a beautiful production. It's a stunning, thanks, thanks a lot, full yeah. colour, hardback production. Like, I presume you don't make a penny on this, do you, Kevin? I know it's that's not. A, for, that's you're, not problem, yeah. it for, you're not doing exactly. it for money. But yeah, you, it was. It was just I took. I, so initially, I just did it to see how many sunsets and you know, interest and lights I was missing from a year just to document it. So I did that in 2018 and that was an interesting year because we had um, three storms in January like Storm Eleanor, Fiona and, and Georgina and then in March we had the beast in the east and then in the summer in June we had the hottest day in record for 40 years so then all the cliffs got burnt like uh, the green turned to brown so it was an interesting year so I just I documented the year. And, and then, then the front cover is a beautiful photograph of the Cliffs of Moher. I've never seen it before. Covered in snow. Yeah, exactly. That was the beast in the east. So we were lucky. It was four days. You couldn't actually get to the cliffs. They were okay, the where, can, where can people get this magnificent book? Uh, you can get it off my website, which is kevlsmith.com. Okay. And if you're in Clare, you can get it in um, the Armada Hotel in Spanish Point. Um, or... Banner Books and Steinman or the Green Room and the Hints Surf Shop. Well, you should the be. Website will, will I'll get tell it. you something, Kevin. I'll say it to all. You should be so proud of this book. You should be so proud of this book. Is this your first one, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I just, yeah, thanks, yeah. It's not. It's not a coffee table book. It's a coffee table in itself and I'd say it'd be worth more than the coffee table it's sitting upon because it's a fantastic achievement and every single page is different Daily Cliffs a year long photo journal of the Cliffs of Moher the the, the, cue, the clue to contacting Kevin is in his name Kev L. Smith Kev L. Smith is it kevlsmith.com.ie or how did they get it Kevin? Yeah, .com. .com. Yeah. com. Highly recommended, as is every, and a great and a great um, a great achievement. Peter O'Shea. Peter, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Tell us about your book. So it's the fifth in the series. It's uh, murder ah, local. Yes. And Here we go. Historic murders of Mid Cork. So I God, it's, it's, Cork is such a big county. And, you you know, want, we keep... This is the fifth time you've been on. And it's, it's a fifth, the fifth time I've been on it. But it's a fifth. Yeah. It's it's a, it's every book is different. But every book is historic murders of mid Do you do you eat your dinner down? What do you say? You, you, you be killing each other nonstop. I think every part of Ireland is probably the same, to be honest. And and it's kind of when you delve down into the details of them, it's where it gets interesting, you know, and where they turn up within a mile or two mile of where you live and there was a family connection or, you know, you might find that your grandfather was on the inquest or, you know, so that's where people find it OK, tell us a story, two stories. One, on page 199, she had to go. It's, yeah. The I year mean, is 18, awful... the year is 18, we'll try and get dramatic music. The year is 1885. I know, and it's very, very sad because what, this 13-year-old girl, she dies like, she dies like somebody would have back in the famine times. And the fact is, living in the house with her at the time is her three half-brothers, and they're perfectly fine. 
And it all really stems back to the fact that her mother had died and her father had inherited the farm from her mother's family. And then I think when it comes to the inheritance of the farm, that they want the daughter out of the way and knew maybe the stepmother or, you know, they just, they they want to pass the farm on to the sons, not this girl who probably has better right to it. So they start treating her differently and... Some people will say it's not murder, but it's worse because it's 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 they're watching her over weeks and months, and they're watching her deteriorate. So it's easier to shoot someone. So the, so know. they basically let the child die. Yeah, basically let the child die. And they deprived the child of food and sustenance. Yeah, and then it got to the stage that she was so bad she couldn't actually eat. So even giving her food then would have actually killed her. And um, you know, it, it reads like a famine story until you realise it's it's. It's forty something years later, so how, how, and everybody else is healthy. How were they caught? I suppose it's the circumstances really of it, and when people went and kind of thought, "How did she starve?" and and you know, an inquest, and they looked at it fair. Inquests were always reasonably fair, and they realised that like this family wasn't without. Like they had a farm, and you know, oh, and it's just it's just such a sad one, and probably such a forgotten about one in some parts that it's so bad. Generations forget. So they and, they, you know, they so starved the, the the daughter to death because she was the daughter. Because and yeah, because I suppose her mother, the farm had come from her mother's family, and 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 you know, it's maybe so who, was, who, who was as well. who was convicted. So it was the father that was actually uh, in the in the frame for it then, and the, and the stepmother ends up ends up I suppose reaping the rewards in some ways because you know she gets what she. Once, I suppose, you know, in a way. So, so the, it, the wicked, it's, it's, literally the wicked stepmother got away with it. Even though she doesn't feature in the story, so there's no evidence yeah. against her. Do you know what I mean? Okay, the, so, mor- the murder at Shandy Hill. Shandy Hall. Shandy, ha- Shandy Hall. So the, the murder of Shandy Hall is very well known in Cork. And so I picked one that's really obscure and then one that's well known. So this doctor, he's... he's his wife uh, dies and he's a retired doctor and he certifies her death as typhoid fever and then she gets buried in a hurry and, and he disappears a couple of days later and turns up about three weeks afterwards and meets this woman that they were friendly with and the woman says to him, how's Mrs. Cross? And he says, look, that's some kind of a sick joke. And she said, you know what I mean. And in mm. the space of 15 days, he remarries his ex-governess. 15 days? Fifteen days after his wife died, he'd remarried his governess, which was far, she was about, I'd say about 40 years younger than him. And um, he was hiding it for a while, and how he thought he'd get away with it. So obviously then they go back and dig up the body, and there's traces of strychnine, arsenic in his wife's body. And then the whole thing pans out from there, really, into a long legal court case. And the, the more the attitude, the fact that he thought he could get away with it, um, and... You know, times yeah. really we didn't we no. expected the poorer people to commit the crimes, not the rich, you know. Yeah, but the wonderful thing about the murder at Chandy Hall is the number is the amount of research. You've got photographs, you've got drawings. Which are they 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 must be difficult to trap track down yeah, because the book I is full the of them. Murder Shandy Hall is, is reasonably well known one okay. and it's cropped up it's cropped up in a few cases. But I suppose I'd like to think I dug a few details into it that people haven't before and I've actually covered them the crosses come into another story next door as well, so to kind of demonstrate what kind of an awkward bunch of people they were, that they were falling out with people everywhere. They really thought they could do what they wanted. 
Now, is there, now that you've written five, is a five or five of them you've written? So there's uh, five in this series now, and it's, okay. it's getting there, confusing because uh, um, <laughs> Cork is so big, you know. It must be. It's um, like it's like Inspector Morse. There couldn't be that many mortars in Oxford to keep them going, but it does somehow or other. But is there any, is there, having having written uh, and research, which is the key to it, have you written about the, these mortars? Is there any patron to them? Is there, are they family are they land? Are they money? Yeah, Are they in like, inheritance? Or? Yeah, I suppose a lot of it is. And, 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 and sometimes love, you know, is a big thing. Or, or getting someone pregnant or, or a child out of marriage. Or, you know, it, people were driven to things in different ones. But then you've, another time you come up with an odd one that you just cannot, you can't fathom the, the, the yeah. you can't fathom the motive at all, really. Sometimes people done it for revenge purely and they felt even if they were going to get caught, they just had to do it. Incredible, incredible. And take take the consequences. Okay, where can people get mortar most local? Historic mortars of Midcar. In Cork. Okay, well done. We we still have all five books are available still. So all independent bookshops in Cork and online. You can buy direct from us at shopinireland.ie or you can buy online at Vibes and Scribes, uh, Phillips Bookshop and uh, most recently uh, thebookshop.ie. Okay, and it's where you can buy it online. And and as Peter, what do you do in real life, Peter O'Shea? What do you do? So I I actually changed my job this year. So in real life, I work in electronics. Okay. Uh, in the power electronics industry. And how did you get so, obsessed with mortar? I wrote a local history book in Ballycotton, and it Good just glass. seemed to be the thing that everybody was interested in. There was one or two crimes I was brave enough to put in, and it seemed to be that local history forgets, or local history yeah. doesn't want to touch the crimes. So oh, I just thought it was a bit of a niche and, 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 and we don't really, East Cork and just kept going. Really important piece, really important work to do. Well done. Murder most local, historic murders of Midcock. By the way, if you're tweeting, I mean, encourage all the authors, just tweet, put in the hashtag self-published. Just put in the hashtag for today, self-published. That's what we're tweeting under and we'll try and get... The, the aim of today is to try and get as many of these stories into people's heads and after maybe one out of every five, you say, yeah, I'd like that book on the Cliffs of Moher or the Spanish Civil War or murders or whatever and you can track them down and given the system now where so many people buy things online all of these books are available uh, online hashtag self-published we'll be back after this break 51551 is our text number Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. There's another book I'll tell you about. It's called Approaching Health and Life with Awareness, Curiosity and Hope. It's called The Magic of Insight. Again, you could pick up this book in any bookshop. Doreen Dempsey, except that you can't because it's self-published. But it's by Doreen Dempsey and uh, she's a chartered physio and just recently uh, celebrated her 25 years as a physio. Uh, she's very passionate about it. Uh, she brings the reader on a journey of self-discovery and growth. Much experience about having overcome weight for this epilepsy, pelvic surgery, born out, numerous athletic injuries and the loss of her own older brother Donald who died by suicide in, t- in 2005. Curiosity has always been a thing for her. You could even say her little superpower it is. This book gives some hints uh, for that. Having awareness, 
curiosity and hope has made a great difference to Doreen. You can get this book and like there's, I'll give you a, 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 an endorsement from Dr. Carol Duffy, um, who's a GP. She said, the magic of insight, such a moving, inspirational, informative and easy to read book. And it's, as I say, each one of these self-published books are uh, up there in terms of presentation and production and, and uh, reproduction of photographs. And you can get that book from Doreen Dempsey, D-O-R-E-E-N, DoreenDempsey.com. And that's called The Magic of uh, Insight. Where is Joe Harrington? Joe, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. The history and times of an Irish butter road, the 1747 Turnpike from Listowel to Cork. What, what, what piqued your interest in this? Another magnificent <laughs> production. Yeah, it came out well, all right, Joe. Um, uh, basically, we've been, uh, Kay O'Leary and myself have been researching the history of the area for a long time now, uh, of our own little area here, Lyra Crampon. A lot of history going with it. Yeah, and, beautiful, uh, yeah. all, ca- all carried in a, a journal called the Lyra Crampon Journal. And I think probably what started the book was that I, I might have been just trying to do an article about the road, but it kind uh-huh. got out of hand. Okay. <laughs> and, and it wound up being 364 pages, I think, and a lot of images as well there, because basically what we did, we we traipsed up and down that road from the stall to Cork so many times. We met with the um, local historians, anybody that had anything to say about it, any interesting stories. We got a lot of folklore that we had to research yeah. and get the real story but the folklore was a start. And we wound up with a story of a road and all that happened within a mile of it uh, in the 270 or so years since Isn't it was Isn't that built. incredible? Because there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a fantastic <clears throat> documentary uh, going around at the moment. I think, indeed, it's, it's, there have been a few uh, viewings recently. I think there's one this evening where uh, President Michael D. Higgins is going to attend. And it's, it's about... Um, a road in Dublin, but it's about the North Circular Road, would you believe? And uh, yeah. I haven't been to see it, but it's it's, it's getting incredible uh, reaction from various people that have that have been to see it. And um, let me see. Oh yeah, the, the, it's on the lighthouse this evening at half six. Um, it's called <laughs> North Circular, but the North Circular. But you, your one is called Once Upon a Road: The History and Times of an Irish Butter Road. What a beautiful production! I cannot, I cannot. Um, get it across to people. Like, how how did you fund this production? Well, it's self-funded, but uh, luckily okay. enough, it has become a bit of a bestseller down in our well corner of the, of the country, down in Kerry, Limerick and Cork. Oh, and, well, it should uh, be. We, it has repaid itself already, so that's grand. Um, the uh, lovely work there by... It's, it's all local work, in actual fact. And John, um, John it was one man... In 1747, John mm-hmm. Morphy went to Parliament, obviously in London, in search of an act to give him the right to build a turnpike toll road from Ballyduhig near the Stoll uh, to a spot known as the Kerry Pike outside Cork City. Yeah. It would pass through Lyra Crumpon, Castle Island, Cardell, Shinna, Mill Street, Auban, Ryland, Vickerstown and Tower and has six toll gates with charges for 61 years. Isn't that incredible? And it was That's one right. man. And what you've done is you've gone along the 60-mile journey, 257 years, and you've used the story as the thread, used the road as the thread through the book. 
That's the way it works, yeah, and it, worked, it, it seems to have worked well. Ah, it's worked um, beautifully. The, 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 the Parliament he went to actually was in Dublin. Oh, was it at the time? Of course, we yeah. didn't. It, it was before we, the Act of Union, yeah. It was, before, it was that far back, it was in the, yeah. in the 1750s. Isn't that incredible? Um, yeah, I, and also some of the things that uh, were in, that I found interesting in doing the book was that if you connect something local with what was going on nationally and internationally, it, it places it in its time. And uh, uh, one, of, one of the things that um, people who built the road would have sort of talked about would have been, you know, the Battle of the Boyne and the Siege of Limerick, and they would have spoken about that as in my father's time. So, you know, there is that sort of direct connection going back a long way uh, through the folk memory and through the the, the research memory. How can can people get this fantastic book, Joe? Well, it's on sale in all the bookshops in Kerry. It's down in um, Waterstones in Cork and a couple of more places uh, in Cork County. It is in Limerick as well. I suppose the handiest way of getting it uh, online would be uh, O'Mahony's bookshop there in Limerick they have a couple of other, they have one in Tralee and one in Innes as well, but they have it up online, omahannies.com I presume okay. it is and, oh, well, also, yeah. and, and even, who designed it? Who designed uh, it, Joe? Yeah, well I'd say uh, K.O. Leary would have had a lot to do with wow. coming up with the idea of it, that's my partner who has traced up and down the road to make sure everything was right, and then uh, Philip Tindall he's back in Causeway, he did the actual final layout of it oh, and we as well lady. made sure that it was actually uh, printed I in Kerry so wish... it was a local publication in all sorts of ways. I wish, I know it won't happen because there's there's no uh, uh, profit in it at the end but I wish there was awards for self-published books I really do. They deserve, and this one would well. In fact, every one of them I've mentioned so far would be up there. Joe Harrington, well done, and congratulations. Got once upon a road, the history and times of an Irish butter road, the seventeen forty seven turnpike. That's a toll road from the Stole to Cork. Fantastic, Maura O'Neill. Maura, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. And what's your book called? My book is called Leaving to Go Home, and it's a memoir of twenty years of my life. And tell us about it. Well, it started, Joe, the first chapters are really about a very tragic time in my life when my mum and dad and two of my brothers, Sean was 23 and Noel was 16, and all of my family with family friends had been celebrating the new year of 1984 in Wexford, North Wexford, in the hills up there, Joe, a little bit from Gorey. And the return journey, we had two cars because there was so many of us, and myself and two of my brothers and a family friend, Michael, we went on ahead, presuming mum and dad, Sean and Noel, yeah. and Sean's girlfriend would be following quite quickly. But tragically, outside Arklow, a tree fell on the car during yeah. a very bad storm, and mum and dad and Sean and Noel were killed. So it's taken me a number of years to yeah. finally put pen to paper, but it's been something I've always wanted to do. And how do, and I, I, tar- how do I know this story, Mara? How, how do you know it? Yeah, I know. It's in my head somewhere. Well, Joe, well, the, I suppose at the time there was a lot of coverage in the newspapers yeah. because when you lose, you know, losing four members of our family and then Incredible. there was a lot of people involved, you know, obviously myself and my brothers, but then so many other people, our neighbours in Dublin, relations in Wexford and dad was from Kerry and so many other people that just, I suppose, linked in with us because it's, it's a grief at an awful time of the year, Joe, and I think of people who've yeah. lost loved ones now, Christmas and the New Year, it's such a difficult time. And it's lovely for me to talk to you today because finally I have my book, which was published in April. And finally, the 
the chapters and that time in my life and my brother's lives and my family's life is finally in words. And there's a great yeah. sense of healing, I think, when all of those memories yeah. are on paper. And I, I, and the anniversary, unfortunately, is coming up. Yeah. Uh, again, again, and then mm. and obviously you say for for dad, mom, Sean, and Noel, obviously. Um, and is is the spot marked even where where they where they met their end? Yeah, well, that's a very interesting question, and I think we were so traumatized for many years, Joe, as you can remember or you could realize after that, that myself, and my brothers, I think my brothers may have gone to that part of just outside Arklow, I never have. I've never gone okay. back to it. I'm sure I passed it by in the car yeah. before the bypass was done. But no, we, we didn't. And I suppose really that's another thing about the book and, and memories that we all have and stories and anecdotes of my parents and brothers and our time in Wexford, which was a wonderful place for holidays for yeah, so many years yeah. when we were children. You know, that's really that the remembrance of it as opposed to marking the spot. Although I know people do that in the case of an accident, but we've, we've never done that. Yeah. I know when my brother was killed in a car accident, he was only 25, um, and it was, it was 30 years ago at this stage. Every time I drive by the spot where he was killed, um, I get a shiver. And yeah. it, 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 there's, no, there's no memorial. It's a very busy road. You wouldn't be allowed. But the wall uh, that his car uh, was, and there was a car, a truck and a bus, but as the wall, he the wall was demolished and it's been rebuilt. But it's obviously you can still see the fact that this part of the wall is newer than the rest of it around. It's an incredible story, Maura. Please make sure I I, I don't know many copies you you printed of it, but it's such a memoir and a memorial to to your family. How can Thank how you. can how can people get their hands on it? Well, the my local bookstore has been really good in Nace, Barker and Jones, and I've delivered some copies in there recently and. The website by the book um, has been wonderful supporting okay. for me, and, and you can you can get some copies there if you like as well. And it's it's moving on from tragedy, Joe, as well. You know, yeah, we, we yeah. have to have hope. Um, so I hope people will get that from my book. Yeah, well, well God rest them. And I, I, what I was going to say to you is, make sure you get at least one. It's by the way, it's beautifully bound. It's in softback, but make sure you you leave one copy into a book binder. Be it Declan Brown down in Athlone or Duffy's there in off several place in Dublin, and ask them to put it in a to do a hardback version of it for you. Get the little gold leaf on the side with the the, the name. Get a little uh, box for it, which is a lovely. Uh, They'll do that as well for it and get the four names of your four relatives engraved in gold on, on the box and you'll, you'll always have it. You'll always have it in your, your bookshop. But it's a fantastic thing to do and it's the power of books, Maura. Well done. The power Thank of books. Thank you so books. much, Joe. That's Maura O'Neill. It's Maura O'Neill at hotmail.com. Couldn't, I'm sorry, Maura M. O'Neill at hotmail.com and uh, Maura has given out the details of how to get that very, very moving book which also is peppered, as, as she says, with hope uh, in in the end. Okay, thanks thanks indeed, uh, Maura. A few more out of the lucky dip box here behind me. Don't know what I, how to succeed in your first job. 50 proven ways of being successful in your first job and getting your career off to a winning start. Start, it says, this book is a must read to help you succeed and thrive in your first job. Remember, your first day and your first job is always your worst day because you don't know where anything is and you don't know who anyone is and you don't know where the loos are, the canteen is or the factory exit is. The author outlines 50 
pointers for success based on his 40 years experience working as a senior HR uh, executive and um, again uh, Orla Kelly Publishing who does a lot of self-publishing by the way just to recommend that to you Orla, Orla Kelly Publishing and again this is uh, straightforward everything is um Everything is numbered and uh, it's down into that whole thing of 50 points. Behave with honesty and integrity. It'll come back to bite you. Be self-motivated. Uh, really important. Work with energy, enthusiasm. Demonstrate a strong work ethic. Communicate clearly and effectively. How did I ever get a job? And it's called How to, How to Succeed in Your First Job by Coleman Collins. Coleman Collins. And uh, as I said, if you go on to Orla Kelly Publishing, Orla specialises in trying to help uh, trying to help people who are uh, written a book, incredible achievement in itself, but uh, can't or sometimes don't want to get a, a publisher because um, you have to go down a certain route and have self-published the books. Okay, the hashtag is self-published and um, we were putting as many as we can up as we go along. Loads more to get through after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And Joe at RT, we're doing our self-published uh, book show today. Get as many of them in as possible. And um, I'm uh, people think I'm being over-enthusiastic. I promise you I'm not, because they're all fantastic productions. And my only regret is that we can't get through them all. My Pal, A Pal by Shauna Ward. Shauna, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Lovely to talk to you. Likewise. Tell us about My Pal, A Pal. Okay, so my book is about a young boy called Michael. Okay. And Michael feels really bad about himself most of the time, and nobody knows he feels this way about himself. And one day he gets a secret birth present of a human android called A Pal. Okay. Now, A Pal <laughs> looks exactly like Michael, yes. speaks and moves like Michael. And Michael thinks he has found the perfect version of, of himself, a better version of himself. So he sends Apal off to school. And um, by the end of the story, I suppose Michael begins to realize that all the things he didn't like about himself are what make him who he is. And yeah. he accepts himself and begins to like himself a lot more. Um, now, I know it's a serious subject matter, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to make it a funny and a poignant story about friendship and self-discovery and helping young boys in particular to um, have a good self-worth and self-esteem. So it's propelled, the, the book is propelled by, by addressing those um, emotional issues that young boys go through yes, about, how, exactly. about, about themselves. Exactly. And I, I just feel like I'm a primary school teacher. And yeah. I suppose over the years that I've noticed the young boys that express their negative emotions differently to girls. They kind of yeah, tend to yeah. lash out, get angry, get in trouble. But yet when I kind of scratch on the surface, I found out that they were dealing with some negative feelings and they just weren't able to express them properly. So I started to look for a book that could help them deal with these feelings and I couldn't find any. So I said, right, well, I'm going to write a book for them. Uh, so if there's anyone listening out there, maybe a parent, a teacher, a grandparent, mm-hmm. an aunt or an uncle that knows a little boy that's struggling might have a little wee cloud over their head. What, a, what age group? Happen. What age group would we I'm, be talking? I'm kind of going young, Joe. I'm going six to nine because okay. uh, I think that's the age you can really reach a young boy. Okay, well once done. they become preteen teenagers, they kind of close up a bit, you know. So, yep, yep. Um, I'm really hoping that I can reach t- these young boys through and this. I book. love, I love the blurb on the back. 
Um, okay. uh, all ch- this all, he's he's insecure. He's uh, yeah. he feels bad about himself. Nobody knows, yeah. of course. But all that changed yeah. the day he receives a secret birthday present of a robotic human android that looks exactly <laughs> like Michael. This is his thing. Michael <laughs> believes he has found a perfect version of himself, or has he? I love it. I love it. I love it. Where can people? Where can people get it, Shauna? Um, well, you can find it on buythebook.ie, brilliant website. Yeah, B B U Y the book. Yeah, B U Y. And uh, Choice Publishing, they were brilliant at helping me publish the book. Um, Amazon, and then local bookshops: Shopalunasa in Glenties, County Donegal, the Four Masters Bookshop in Donegal Town, and Wolf's Bookshop in Listowel. Okay, well, well done. It's a lovely, it's a real, and I'm, I, I won't get into my little hobby horse about the young, the young adult market seems to be taken over by celebrity writers who seem to get publishers at the drop of a hat, and um, yeah. and we all know who we're talking. Well, there's a whole slew of them at this stage, and the likes of yourself. Well, it's great to be there, uh, whose book is propelled by experience and trying to address a specific niche at a specific age with boys is really, really, really important. And yeah. give a shout out to the illustrator. Yes, Anthony wow. Corrigan. Well, Anthony. He was, I have to say, a special thank you to Anthony because I've never met him. We did it all over the phone yeah. and he just was fantastic. His illustrations were perfect um, yeah. and he was lovely to deal with. So if anyone's looking for an illustrator, he's He's brilliant. And in the little tweet I'll do during the breaks, so I'm going to obviously tweet the cover, but I'm also going to tweet one of uh, the illustrations uh, from inside the book by by Anthony. Well done. Uh, again, that website, uh, buy the book, B-U-Y, the book, dot I-E. Yeah. And uh, that's yeah. the place place to find it. Okay, Shauna, well done. What, okay, cl- what, thanks, class, what class are you teaching? Um, well, I, I have a lot of experience with all classes and learning support and resources, which I'm particularly interested in. Um, and I think we, we need to have a lot more resources like this in schools for young boys. OK, well done. Well done. And, and all, the, all the details will be going up. It's going up as we speak. Hashtag self-published, self-published and... Um, I'm encouraging authors as well, even if you can't get on the programme today, to put your put that hashtag in at RTE Liveline or, or uh, at Joe Liveline and we'll do our best to push them over Twitter and maybe people would help them uh, as well. Well well done. OK, yeah, good move. Thank you, Joe. You've been brilliant. Thanks so Not much at for all. You've been me. brilliant. Well done. A great, a great book to have in anyone's, in any school, actually, my pal, a pal. Uh, Posh Mackers is a rooted boot book. A rooted boot both sides of the River Liffey. Connor McGahey. Connor, good afternoon. How you doing, Joe? How's things? What does posh mackers mean? Oh, I know, yeah. It's a, it's a one I have to explain a bit. Yeah, posh please is do. Posh. Yeah. posh is posh. And mackers, you know yourself, anyone with the surname Mac okay. is a macker. Okay, you're a so macker. Posh okay. mackers. And a where, macker. And it's, it's a memoir, isn't it? It's a memoir, yeah. It's about... It's a memoir. It's about 84% actual fact and 16% okay. author's license. Oh, I would have gone, I read, I would have gone for 85%. Instead 85, of the 85%. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. And, and, and <laughs> uh, Connor Fian, who's a great journalist in the Herald Award-winning journalist, he's read it and he's been tweeting about how, how fantastic it is. What is, oh. this, what is the story? What is the story? Well, so the story is, you know, um, well, basically, as we were living this interesting, very different type of upbringing. 
all of us at some point, and when I say all of us, I mean four siblings, okay. realise, Jesus, this is very different. One day, maybe, perhaps, one of us should write this down. And why was it and different? Then, well, because it's different in that it's, you know, it's broad, but it's, it's about Protestants in some way, but it's about the fall from grace of Protestants okay. in terms of financial grace. And it's about working-class parts of Dublin, Fairview, Crumlin, Tala, and it's about the reaction to these very upper-middle-class English-sounding family moving in and, and he... the consequences of that. And then it's mm, also okay. got obsessive-compulsive disorder all around it as well. <laughs> and who's, who's got the OCD? So my mum, she had the OCD. Okay. When we were very young, like the book is yeah. set from 1978 to 1988, yeah. and it really wasn't until the mid to late 80s that we found out that it had a name. You know, OCD how, wasn't something. How did, that, she, how did she manifest her OCD? Oh, in hand washing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But more than just that, you see, yeah. we, we, within the book it's explained, but we didn't live the cleanest lifestyle either. It, it was that Dickensian mm-hmm. sort of vibe going on within the households that were nobody was allowed in because everything on the floor was germ filled and you couldn't touch the floor and touch the wall and <laughs> a lot of disinfectant and in the end it turned out that she did have one of the sort of most extreme yeah. versions of obsessive compulsive and as, I, as it happens i was reading i was listening early this morning to, on bbc to a program about one individual he was a doctor actually a medic who had OCD, and he was he, he, similar, by the way, washing his hands, and his, he, he actually physically damaged his hands severely. Oh, yeah. With bleach, yeah. anything he could get to try and... Just just very hard to understand. It is it is a product of anxiety and worry and various other, other things. I love your note. This My book, uh, again, I'll give the name of Poshmackers, by Connor McGahey. Is that the correct pronunciation? My That's book, the correct pronunciation. My book is yeah. a true story. It's aimed at Angela's ankles. Not to hurt <laughs> Angela, but to make her realise that she doesn't have the ownership of her miserable childhood. My book is about <laughs> what happens when poverty, snobbery and OCD collide in Dublin from 1978 to 1988. Where can people get the book, Connor? Well, if they meet me personally, they can get it off me. But yeah. I do have a shop in town in Dublin City called Connolly Books there. Yeah, well, um, a famous uh, shop, yeah. Bar. Great you tradition, yeah. They had their 90th anniversary there recently. Yeah. Uh, and they are selling my book for me. Okay, so, can, uh, can, can anyone get it online anywhere? Or? If you go to Connolly Books. Oh, Con- they're online. Oh, great, great. That's the end of that. Yes, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, well done. Is this your first book, yeah. Connor? This, this is my first book. Before I say anything more, Joe, yeah. I just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity here. Yeah, that's all. I've been that's bubbling away in the background, hoping to get a, an opportunity to tell people about this, and you're, you're very good. Thank you. Well, and the uh, fact that, is, that it's, it's a memoir, it's your, it's your life, and, and people and from the outside, people thought you were a well-off family, but the truth, as you say, is often... Can often be uh, very, well, very. It's just this. What do you do in real life, Connor? I'm I, I, at the moment. I'm doing for the last wee while, uh, walking tours in Dublin City. Oh, well done! They're going Great. quite well. Great. Discovering a side to my own personality I didn't even know. 
Okay. Acting skills and whatnot. Well done, well done. Posh a rooted boot, both sides, both sides of the River Liffey by Conor McGahey. Again, as I say, stand up. Uh, you can hear it there. A fine tome and uh, Connolly Books in Dublin. They have a website as well. Well done, Connor. Where's Tom Bourne? Before my voice goes, where's Tom? Three Miles of Road by Tom Bourne. Hello, Joe. Um, tell us tales of country life in the 60s and there it is a Ford Anglia which was the first car ever to come into my household because my brother Peter bought one short hand fourth hand and I, we were looking at one recently and we couldn't believe how small it was or maybe how big we were but I couldn't believe three miles of road tell us about it yeah three miles of road uh, Joe is um, it's about um uh, three miles down in, in County Carlow. It's uh, about growing up in the 50s and 60s. And the, the road uh, title, I suppose, comes from uh, the road that went from Carlow Town down to Bunflody and uh, past our place, a place called Gregness Spidog, and near a place called the Fighting Cox. Some of your listeners might know about it. It's about all the people that lived on the road, the farmers and the small businesses and anyone that had... Um, uh, businesses there or, uh, mm-hmm. and there was uh, you know the people that travelled the road the coal man the lame man the insurance man the chimney sweep there's um, I suppose 50, 50 different stories over 50 different stories in it it's about the happenings and customs and all that type of thing again as you, you know, say the revolutionary road our own silk road uh, it's, but right, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's about again a particular journey Kyle Gate and the Great Wall what's Kyle Gate and the Great Wall well, Kyle gave us a big entrance into a, a gentleman's place that uh, just opposite where we lived. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, there was a, a great wall built all around the estate. Okay. And uh, and uh, in the gate, there was, uh, you know, plenty of room to play, and we played um, all kinds of rounders, and the circus used to come there, and the fit-ups used to come there, and, you know, it was, so it was our, our play area, and it, it kind of stood out. Even, I know, when we'd be asked where we were from, uh, you know, we said we were from Kyle Gate and we were as proud as punch that we came from Kyle Gate because of the happenings that used to be there, you know, that type of thing. And, it has, yeah. and there's great traditions you mentioned in the book, the tradition of what, blowing? Yeah, that was a, a, a thing in our area where if there was a couple getting married, you know, it would be the big called or the big wedding bands in, in the okay, chapel yeah. two or three t- uh, weeks um, ahead of the wedding. And then young fellas would get um, bugles and, uh, you know, maybe homemade uh, bugle-type things with um, handlebars of a bicycle or an old gramophone or a bicycle pump. Okay. And they'd, they'd, they'd go up to the house and they'd blow and make just make noise. And, um, they, you know, they do this, especially if, if, if the person getting married wasn't very very young, you know, or mm-hmm. if they stood out. Okay, of course, yeah. You know, um, it wouldn't have to be very long in the tooth now, you know, if you were maybe mid-30s. Uh, that's because that time most people got married in the early 20s, so if you were mid-30s, you were likely to get a blowing. And, uh, and who owns... Blow- who owns... Sorry? No, finish that little story, I'll ask you another question. Um, yeah, the, 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 the go out at night and, and blow, and some people wouldn't mind, you know, and it, yeah. it only happened for a night or two. And uh, But then the others, and maybe they wouldn't take it as... as uh, Good and uh, there was one particular lady, uh, Miss Reddy. She got the got the guards, and okay. uh, you know we were all 
She wasn't happy. To do, to, no, she wasn't happy at all. And, and look, uh, look at this accolade in the book from uh, the great John McKenna. He's a great writer, Sunday Miscellany, formerly of this parish. Right, yeah. This is a wonderful book filled with stories that will live long in the memory, stories of laughter, sadness, in a landscape that comes alive from the first page. Above all, it has the truth of one man's life, a wonderful book and a marvellous read. It's called Three Miles... Where, where's the Ford Anglia that's on the cover? And the Ford Angley, in fact, my brother-in-law owns that Ford Angley. It's yeah. a lovely, um, he has a well kept. Where can people get yeah. the book? Well, it's it's in Kenny's in um, Galway oh, and uh, Charlie shopping. Burns there in Galway. It's in O'Mani's of Limerick in Tralee. Uh, book Centre in Waterford, Wexford in Kilkenny. Okay. Eastern's in Wexford. You know, many shops uh, all so over So all the of them really. are on that. Okay, it's called Three Miles yeah. of Road. Three of Country Life. Well, what do you do in real life, Tom? Um, I run a... Uh, an engineering company here in Carlow, uh, Joe. Yeah, right. that's what I do. For well, there's a, a great, isn't there? Well, maybe isn't there a great tradition of engineering in and around Carlow? True, the Thomas family are on Catherine indeed. Thomas, and they built. That's right. Going yeah, way yeah. back, they built uh, armor cars for the Irish Army in the twenties, thirties, and forties. Yeah, great tradition the big of engineering. Hay barns all over the country. And the sugar company, of course, we had them and. You know, and they, and they, of, I think they, I think some of our bridges in Dublin that came in one piece were built in Carlow. Uh, indeed, so, yeah, 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 incredible. Okay, bridges over the Liffey. Three miles yeah, of road, yeah. tales of country. Well done, Tom Bourne. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Okay, quick dip into the lucky bag again. And it's a complete lucky bag for me. These are two children's books Emma by Emma Davis, illustrations by Spark Dealey. Spark Dealey called Three Mucky Pups. Don't they know? Didn't I rare them? Pups, pancakes, and pandemonium. I rare them as well. And uh, they are aimed, I'd say, around eight, around eight or nine. They're from Fairy Fort Publications, okay? Fairy Fourth publications, beautifully illustrated, beautifully illustrated, and um, an ideal, ideal Christmas gift. Pups, pups, pancakes, and pandemonium. Uh, Emma Davis is the author, and Fairy Fort uh, publications is where uh, you will get them. And they will jump on. Let me grab another one as well. Here, back here, we have this this sold word. Uh, S the sold world S O U L apostrophe D. Do you get it? The sold world. What could when you? I love the word paradigm. And when you see the word paradigm and the blow for a paradigm, you're in for a, a good read. And space travel will feature somewhere. And aliens will feature feature somewhere. And mind uh, control will feature. What could be the next worldwide paradigm shift? What would it look like? Space travel, time travel, contact with aliens, and internet mind meld, discovering the nature of reality. How wide open could it really be? Could reality be? Now hold that thought. And it's written by William Disdale. William Disdale, it's come beautifully packaged, by the way. And he has set up a website. It's called This Sold, S-O-U-L-D, thissoldworld.com, all one word. Where is Jim Hegarty? Jim, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. The Hegarty's of the Laurels. Tell us about the Hegarty's and tell us about the Laurels. Okay, well, the Hegarty's of the Laurels show is a, is a family story. Um, the Laurels is based on the Polydorf Road there in Cork. Um, and during the War of Independence, uh, it was transferred from um, a gardening business into uh, 
the nucleus of subversive activity, really, a safe house and a landmine wow. factory, okay. arms, ammunition dump, wow. and the brigade, the Cork Brigade, first brigade uh, base. But it was also a very important um, venue for the common Amman intelligence gathering, which played a major role during the, the War of Independence. Of course, yeah. Um, so yes, so we we just deal with family matters. I didn't have an awful lot of. Um, and who, where, where do you fit into that family tree? Obviously, you're. It's, it's my father, John Joe Haggerty, oh, okay. and his two and my two aunts, uh, Mary Frances and Nan Haggerty. And is this so, the first time that's actually been documented like this? It's the first time that's oh, been well documented, done. Joe, because um, we had some artifacts, we had some uh, photographs, medals, that type of thing photograph of the first Republican wedding uh, ever to take place in the country, which happened in June 1920, um, when Mamie married a John Ford. Um, oh. It was a full um, military wedding. Uh, the, the two men were in the volunteer uniform. The two women were in their national costume. Well, tell us about Mamie and Nan. Tell us about the two women. The two women were extraordinary women. Um, they established branches of becoming a man in Cork City, and in particular in Ballycotton as well, which played a role in the Upnor, the caption of the Upnor at a later stage when the um, truce was formed. Um, but they were trained in first aid by the British authorities, and okay. they were being paid for that, of course, and that those funds went to the brigade funds. Uh, they were carrying arms and ammunition dispatches yeah. around the city um, from the home dump in, in, at the Laurels. And then Mamie got married. I think that was one of the highlights, obviously, in 1920. Cork was, was burning. We had two Lord Mayors uh, murdered. And we had Joe Murphy, who was an also a hunger striker that died on the same day as Terence McSweeney. Right. Uh, Nan went full-time in the Common Imam uh, and was bringing dispatches to the Tipperary brigades, particularly to a James Leahy in Turles, uh, but also to the other brigades. Um, and she was carrying arms under the protection, actually, of a... The, the landlord, um, the Protestant landlord uh, in Cork, who, who the Sarsfields, uh, who had a had their own private carriage, uh, and she was there under their protection, uh, going from Cork to Tipperary. So they ba- they based an awful lot of the information and intelligence. Um, we discovered well, then through the research yeah. that John Joe's one of John Joe's men was a man called Con Harrington, and he was the Lord Mayor's um, bodyguard, personal assistant. But he also meant that how we highlighted then was the, the intelligence gathering coming from Tipperary because John Joe had his man within the city hall. That's on. That's on. direct route, you know. And where, by the way, the photograph on the cover of the shop, where is the shop? Eggers. The shop was in Powlettoff Road. That, that's, that was the family home. Oh, okay. That's where uh, they lived. Okay. The shop came in in the 50s. And where can people, what shop or where can people get the book? A letter, letter tech uh, store. Uh, letter tech have been the publishers. They're yeah. fantastic there. I think they're great for self-publishing. Yeah, they're helping. Yeah, so Frank and Fanula down there, um, and Jeremy Murphy was their copywriter who helped me on that front. Um, we put them to the pin of their collar, Joe, but they actually came up. They did again. Another hardback production. Really, yes. really. A letter tech. L e t t e r t e c dot com. All right. They do a lot of. They go to the Hegarty Collection. Can I make one other comment, Joe, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. Literally a hundred years ago today, my father was arrested. John Joe was arrested in Cork, and he was sentenced to be shot if he didn't give up his commanding officer, a man by the name of Sean Mitchell. Uh, and his arms on. But he was recognised by a free state officer uh, who had him released. 
So there was never really any rancor then in the family after that. Uh, I never heard them speak ill of like they took the anti-treaty side, but I, I never heard them speak ill of the. The free state, basically, you know. Okay, well done. It's called that's that's Jim Hegarty, author. It's called The Hegarty's of the Laurels, a story of unsung uh, heroism. Letter tech is the, the easy way to remember. Thanks indeed, uh, Jim. The, a couple of uh, poetry books, by the way. Where does the sky stop? A collection of poetry about childhood, motherhood, enchanted castles, and everything uh, in between. Um, and she, uh, Sive says, since I was a, a, a primary school um, child, I've been writing books, uh, writing poetry. And it's a beautiful gift. And poetry, I, I, I don't know how to fully express the beauty of poetry. One, because I'm sure I don't appreciate it fully. But I know when you take down a poetry book and you flick through it and you come across, a, it's like finding a painting that you love and the, the hair is standing on the back of your neck or whatever. Nothing can achieve that like poetry, I think, the connection that poetry can give. And again, we're a great island and, and nation of, of poets. That's uh, illustrated by uh, Eva O'Hare, and it's The Press Under the Stairs, OK? The Press Under the Stairs. Uh, Sive is from uh, Don Garvin, so uh, yeah, that'll, help you that'll help you find out. Where is Susan Canaan? Susan? Hi, Joe. I'm here. The folks Thanks on the very hill. Thanks for us giving us this opportunity. And off you go. It's called a memoir yeah, from well, the hills of North Roscommon. Exactly. Who would have thought that North Roscommon has hills? But my book is about 15 years um, that we spent in and around the area. Well, in around Arigna and Kiju in, in North Roscommon. Yeah. Right. We bought um, a cottage there of in 1999. Well and done. we were going to use it just as a holiday home and a weekend getaway. And um, we found that we spent every weekend for the last 15 years up there. And it was a book literally about, well, it's a humorous book. And it's about the various different people and characters that we've met and the incidents that happened as we integrated with the local community. And what, what made you put it into a book, so to speak? Well, it started off during COVID, and I'm sure a lot of the people that you've had on probably had these ideas around yeah, COVID yeah, time, yeah. and you get fed up reading. So I started to just kind of think, cause we had sold the cottage in 2015, and that was a very difficult time and a difficult decision. But I started to think about one or two of the characters that we had met. Ah, and while, while husband was watching old football matches on the television, I started to write them down. And then one story kind of led to another and then another. And just before I knew where I was, I had about 15 different incidents mm -hmm. and stories from the area. And through the, uh, my brother-in-law was encouraging me to kind of get it published and I had no intentions of doing it because it was really just started off as a COVID But it was project. two, it was two dubs looking for a quiet life. It's, Absolutely. It's, you didn't, it's not yeah. a, it's not a, you didn't go to Provence, but it's, it's the same, no. same story of moving in a year in Provence, but it's all, the folks on the hill, a memoir yeah. for the hills of North Roscommon. Now, Andy, remember you're, you're in, a, you're in big, literary country up there you're in oh, you're yeah. close to John McGahan country you're close to Brian yep. Layden country yep. you're close yep. to Vincent Absolutely. Woods country and Vincent's uh, series uh, the the, the I'll get it again the, the country yard I'll get it in a sec 
On St. Yes. Stephen's Day, Vincent has, has done um, an incredible series. You might have heard it uh, um, yeah. o- over the summer. He takes county by county and it's a beautiful uh, prose piece with fantastic interviews. Uh, the, I think it's Armagh was reading in the RT Guide. At nine o'clock on St. Stephen's Day morning here in RT Radio 1, for two hours I'm doing Legacies, which is a look back at the people in the public eye who passed yeah. away in the last yeah. year. And then afterwards, uh, the great writer from up that part of the world, which you fell in love with, Vincent yeah. Woods, uh, is doing a programme yeah. uh, on right, Armagh. Yeah. Roscommon, you say, and that part of the world in Egypt is a hidden beauty. Well, it's Sure is. Oh, it sure absolutely. Is. Uh, uh, and like you would have, you would have remembered your colleague there years ago, John Murray. He used to do walking trips around ah. Ireland, and John actually did a walk up around Rigna into the mines and all around the old miners' routes, which is populated all around there where where we had the cottage. So it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the country, and it is not really um, fully appreciated by. By people in other parts. You hear about Cork and, you know, oh, carrying all the beautiful scenery, but Jeepers, North West Common has it. Well done, well done, well done. Thanks, thanks indeed. It's called The Folks on the Hill, a memoir from the hills of North West Common and Leach. And where can people get the book, Susan? You can get, they can get it in most of the bookshops in Carrigan, Shannon, Mulvey's, Trinity Rare Books, okay. The Reading Room, and also in the Arigna Mining ah. Experience, which, and also on the buythebook.ie, the, the website there for Irish self-publishers. Well, if you haven't, if you if, if you're lucky enough to have children, if you, your children, or you or your your buddies or whatever haven't done the Arigna, uh mining experience, you just have to do it. It is Absolutely, a yeah. jaw-dropping tour. Yeah, a jaw. And that's where I came up with the the phrase, which I use to my kids. Uh, well, not kids anymore. But when when we were all every we all take turns of giving out about work and I remember saying this right saying well you're not digging coal in a rigna you're yep, not and digging they had coal a hard in life a... up there that's oh, right the mining wow. community oh, yeah. and some yeah. of the miners they're a lovely community exactly. lovely and some of the miners will yeah. will uh We'll bring you around. It's it's uh, Charlie McGetty and country as well. Okay, That's Susan. Right, yeah, thanks yeah. indeed. Okay, Joe, happy Susan, Christmas you too, and many, everybody there. Many more than please God. Joe at RTE.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. The Vincent Wands programme I'm talking about is uh, called The County Measure. And if you didn't hear them over the summer, you should. If you get time over Christmas, go on to RT Podcast and listen back to them. And you may think, you may think you know Westmead and you may think you may know Sligo and just the stories that Vincent has unearthed in his own a gifted uh, creative style. It's just a gorgeous hour uh, of listening. By the way, this is a, this is a lovely book and a lovely note uh, from Marisa. Uh, and she said, this is not quite a book, uh, uh, but it is self-published. I hope it's still eligible. Of course it is. The details are as follows. It's an Irish language diary for learners and proficient speakers alike. It's available directly. Write this down, if you will, please. Irishdiary.ie and also the st- some stockers are listed there and what you have here is a hardback beautifully presented but it's a diary but a, a page a day diary as they say it's um, A2 size A2 A3 A4 no it's A5 size A5 size and every uh, page has uh, references obviously to the to the um, 
Irish language. It could be a saying, it could be a, a, a verb, but it's for people who are interested in the language. And I was listening to, was it Albert Ryan? It was Albert Ryan. Uh, I think he was talking to Oliver. Um, Cyril Cusack was his great grandson saying that Cyril Cusack, obviously a world famous actor, but and, and moved around a lot. But the way he stayed rooted to Ireland was he learned Irish. And that was his connection. But there's a lovely, a lovely gift, a lovely deal in uh, 2023. And it's irishdiary.ie. Where is um, Paul Murray? Paul, good afternoon. Afternoon, Joe. It's How called, are you? It's got another Spanish connection here. I know the, the, the Spanish connection runs on beyond this story, so to speak, from the Gaeltacht to Galicia. Uh, it's about your father. He was? Uh, he, uh, Frank Murray was a Belfast Catholic doctor, and uh, Joe, and he joined up in uh, December 1940, sorry, December 1939, joined the British Army. He was hosted to India and Malaya, and he was in Singapore when it fell to Japanese a month before uh, they wow. invaded the island. Yeah. And why did you decide to write this book? Well, um, he kept a secret diary in the form of love letters back to Mum in Belfast, ah. and he wrote every single night for 42 months. Oh, my God. And um, Mum, uh, the diaries were never discovered. We, we always, uh, as children, we always wanted to know uh, what, how did he keep them secret. But um, Mum and Dad met in the Giltacht in um, Ranafast in Donegal, at a Keighley dance, uh, 16-year-olds in 1929, and uh, they kind of lost touch a little bit. And uh, and then Dad wrote a, a Christmas card in uh, 1940, and they were engaged uh, within six or seven months. Never kissed, nothing like that. Okay. Um, and um, <laughs> so it's just a beautiful, beautiful love story. And uh, and I've done several three long-distance pilgrimages to Santiago de Compostela in Spain on foot. And the first and you, one you, was in 1998. Did, um, did, you fo- did you follow your father's footsteps, Paul? I did, you're right. I went wow. over, um, joined my sister, who lives in Canada, and we, we walked um, from Changi, from the middle of Singapore to Changi prisoner war camp back in 2017. And then I went on to Japan to visit the six camps or what remains of them where Dad was incarcerated, you know. And what about the, how did you manage to get together the photographs, the references, colour photos? There's um, obviously the letters, is extract from the letters. Was that the research? How, how difficult was the research? Um, following up, well, my, my brother uh, transcribed all the letters for us years ago, this is before they were ever published. Um, oh, incredible. But uh, the colour photographs, um, I researched a lot of um, the diaries that were written, but they were actually, they weren't really diaries, they were written years after the war. And what makes Dad's letters totally original were that they were written in situ, in situ every single night. Uh, so I used the letters to follow uh, his footsteps to uh, to Japan. I had an interpreter, you know, and I'm a linguist, yeah. but uh, didn't understand any Japanese. But it was it was a, a period of a great emotional um, highs and lows, you know, um, seeing a, where, where he actually was. There's a beautiful uh, photograph on page, opposite page 97, of Eileen and Frank Murray in Newcastle in County Down. When was that photograph taken, Paul? Do you remember? That was in 1990, I think, about three years before Dad died. Wow. Um, uh, Stride Media made a, a documentary in, in Irish, Literature on Dara Kogudawanda, about Mum and Dad's story which was on TG Cacher uh, iPlayer, but it's uh, it's no longer there now, but it's on BBC iPlayer. And 
The story okay. is just wonderful, and myself and my siblings contributed to it. But uh, well where, where can people get the book? Uh, they can get it at uh, uh, online, Joe at yeah, or uh, Alan Hannah books at Draft Minds in Dublin. I've got some copies of it as well, and okay, several well, shops in the north. What a tribute, not just to your dad, but to, to, to your mum as well and your family. Well done, Paul Murray. We're over time, unfortunately. We, we're so so many to do. We'll do more tomorrow, and as interesting and as exciting as today's uh, topics. Uh, and remember, on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're doing the highs and lows. We're still looking for your nominations. Obviously, we don't do death or pestilence or disease uh, and, uh, on the eve of the eve of Christmas Eve. But your highs and lows of uh, the year just passed, and we'll have a vote then to see what comes, uh, what are your top ten, either side, either side. Uh, Fergus Sweeney, producing Ray Darcy's next. 715815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie